This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I am Dylan Hafer, and today I am happy to be joined in the studio <laughs> once again for the first time in 2023, though. It's a new year. We're 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 getting it off the ground. I'm excited to be joined by my good friend, fellow Bravo-holic, host of the Andes Girls podcast. Please welcome Sarah Galley. It's a new beginning for us. We're off to such a good start. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be here. You're starting your year off with uh, a bang. You're getting right into it. You have a show tonight. I do. I'm doing a live show online, A Moment with Moment, uh, where I will be joined by legal analyst and badass lawyer Emily D. Baker talking all things Shamageddon in advance of tomorrow's sentencing, which I plan to attend. And guest co-host Ryan D. Bailey is going to be there. It's going to be, I mean, online with me tonight. He lives yes. in LA. <laughs> we love Ryan. Sentencing. Yes. Yeah, we okay. love Ryan. So you are... Planning to attend the sentencing. You know, okay. is this something? Okay, so we, we talked. <laughs> Planning the, is the operative phrase. There. The last time you and I really talked was a few weeks ago. I was on your podcast. Oh, yeah. Pre, I was like, we talk every day. Pre holidays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last yeah. time we like sat Deep down. Dived. Yeah. So is there like a is there like a credential? Do you have to wake up tomorrow morning and just like wait in line? How does this work for the for the people and for me? So funny you should ask. So initially, if I am to understand Google and like the federal courthouse dot com, initially the sentencing was like two thirty in the afternoon, which I was really here for because I think you have to prepare a certain amount of chaos before something like this, especially when there's a pretty substantial media interest that crosses over from Bravo into like greater right it's not like news. a it's not like a britney spears hearing level of interest no. but it is like a there are a few thousand people who care about this a hundred percent and there are also news outlets that are like i'll send someone so i called the courthouse this week um their comms department to to be like what's the deal with media access because i'm writing about it obviously i'm going to talk about it on ag i'm going to do a special episode on andy scrolls right after and the person who answered was like um it's like first come first serve it's open to the public we're not doing press like press passes and i was like i felt like i was making a reservation at the restaurant i was like do you have like a recommended time for arrival i'm asking like the like i'm going to jfk or something and she absolutely laughed as she should and she was like i have no recommendation you're like is there a promoter i can text i know i was like is there a manager is there is there like a a a separate door a list that i can get on is there a vip is this it's literally BravoCon. 2023 early and I have a general admission ticket and I'm just in the fight for my life. And also instead of 2.30 in the afternoon, it's now 10 a.m. And I don't even know if this is like a doors open. Is that like a bad? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what what time do doors open? So like doors open, I thought at 8.30, but now at eight. And I was talking to the Bravo docket friend of ours. Yes. um, And they were like, get there early. And I was like, babe, like early is 10. What's early? What's early? If the doors open at eight, like what? I don't know, but it's not going to happen. Are we trying to get like rush tickets for rent in 1998? Literally, (laughs) is there not a lottery? I might call back and be like, it's me again. Um, Just touching base. Can we like figure something out? Is there a Today Ticks lottery for the Gen Shaw sentencing here? It's literally wicked or rent all over again. But I don't think my name, I don't think I'm going to get the golden ticket. I really don't know. I'm nervous. You will have boots on the ground. Whether or not you are in the room, you will be at the... I'll feel the You'll be in the vicinity. I I made the executive decision that I am not going to go. Smart. Because personally, just for me, from a content perspective... I feel like it's easier for me to be 
pulling assets, making a post, figuring out what's going on if I'm just like soaking it all in online. Also, because sometimes in the courthouse, they're like, no tweeting, no using your phone. Like, I remember people getting reprimanded during Britney, during Britney, during even Jen Shaw's arraignment. I yeah, remember being I, at that. We people were. Yeah, that dialed was dialed in. That was crazy. Both <laughs> times she had a tech rehearsal. She couldn't then... she couldn't she couldn't get on the line because there were too many people <laughs> on the line. Sorry for snorting. It's iconic. I mean, <laughs> we needed something to live for at that point, And it, that that gave it to us. A hundred percent. And also, like, you don't need it truly would not recommend that people attend this. It's going to be lunacy. And also in federal court, you absolutely your phones are not allowed in the courtroom. Right. So I'm going to be there with my legal pad and a pen. Oh, my God. Trying to remind myself how to use cursive. It's oh, wow. I'm prayers. You're going to know um, more than I will. I swear to God. Well, yeah, because I'm going to be on I'm going to be refreshing Twitter, Twitter every yeah. 2.5 seconds. I'll be like in the back of the room, not understanding what's happening, asking someone if they can speak louder. I'll be texting you what's happening while you're physically 100%, in the room. hundred percent. And I won't be able to get those texts because I won't have my phone. So I'm going to be <laughs> at least an hour behind you in front of your computer at Betch's HQ. And I'll be sitting in bed with my microphone ready to record my hashtag gentensing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> emergency update that's what I, that's what i have deemed it it's gentensing <laughs> your honor <laughs> wait you guys i'm gonna cry i'm laughing so hard because <laughs> i've been using schadenfraud Oh, but that's I good feel too. no but that was the early days that was right that's back like in the when day we were learning about the case yeah hashtag gentensing Oh it's God. upon us. I'm 100% going to use that, but I'll credit you. I feel like we've all had that moment where you're at somebody's wedding and you're looking around the food, the venue, the music, the overall vibe. And you're making like that mental checklist of if I were planning a wedding right now, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. What would I want to copy from this? What would I want to change? What would I want to tweak? Well, I've been a part of my fair share of weddings over the years, and I know just how stressful the process can be. You go from that newly engaged bliss to overwhelmed by invitation paper and flower colors in the blink of an eye. But using Zola helps with wedding planning from start to finish and makes every decision easier so you can stay in your bliss. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake, Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and even maybe enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Zola helps couples plan the wedding they really want with tons of unique features and personalized recommendations based on a couple's preferences every Zola wedding is as unique as the couple planning it. They've thought of everything you'll need and have built every tool to get you to I do, including customized checklists to get you moving, keep you on track, and prepare you for what's next. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A dot Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they're the only shapewear that won't ever roll down no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honeylove on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at Honey honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honeylove. Okay, so we have some breaking news in the Jen Shaw case just this week coming in. So in the last few weeks, both Jen's team and the prosecution have submitted all their sentencing memorandums, documents, whatever. There's letters proving her character and there's victim (laughs) impact statements and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, requested sentences. Jen wants like 30, 36 months, three or whatever, lower. The government wants 10 years. But then just yesterday, the government filed a request. This is uh, I'm reading straight from the Bravo docket, who we love on Instagram. They are uh, two two lawyers who happen to love Bravo and write write things in words that we can understand. Amen. We love a translator. Lord knows we need it. Okay. The government has filed a request to add new evidence they just received against Jen Shah. According to them, after Jen Shah submitted her memorandum describing her character and requesting a lower sentence, an individual contacted the government via an unsolicited letter describing their experience with Jen. The government interviewed the individual who provided them with corroborating evidence on their experience with Jen, including a temporary restraining order and a Nevada police report. The government requests that the court consider the events involving individual one and their letter for sentencing. Um, So then they're saying uh, the manner which the defendant treated this individual is consistent with the government's understanding of how the defendant frequently interacted with others, including other participants in the business opportunity scheme, which is what this all is. Yeah. Stemming from. So it seems pretty notable that after all of the, you know, eyes are dotted and T's are crossed with these sentencing documents for somebody to basically slide into the government's DMs and be like, hey, uh, just just before we get all of this out of the way, like I have more (laughs) and for the government to listen and be like, okay, this is this. We actually, this is more information that we need. Not just like is something random off to the side. They're like, no, no, no. Look at this too. Yeah. It's a real October surprise is what it is. It's like days before the election, someone's going to do something fucking nuts. And Kiki, a friend of ours, also known as the talk of shame posted the actual, uh, witness statement that is directly correlated to this. So if anybody wants more information, yes. go to the talk of shame. Yeah, I have the the TMZ article, which it's I think nuts. I just read. We, we, that's were, what talking we were talking about. about yes. Okay. So I found yeah. it. Um, so TMZ has ob- obtained this woman's the individual. It's so nuts. the restraining oh order docs, uh, which were filed in Nevada, and she details an alleged tryst her husband was having with Jen, Woo! which erupted into a blowout when the woman sent screenshots of texts to Jen's own hubby. Oh, Coach Shaw, pray for Coach Shaw. Um, <laughs> The woman claims Jen tried confronting her. She ignored her, which allegedly pissed off Jen to the point of driving across state lines to try to see the woman in person. She alleges Jen showed up unannounced on her doorstep at 2.30 a.m. She called the cops. And in the end, the woman got her temporary restraining order granted. Um, Unclear what happened after that. But basically, ah, it's so it's so weird because we know so much about the the business part of the scheme but the fact that now there's this other woman basically just saying that Jen was like unhinged and fucking her husband it's funny that the government is like this is relevant cuz uh, to me it almost seems like a separate issue but i guess in the idea of sentencing you're taking into account all of these behaviors and the way they're acting and you know she's partying at the rose bowl and she's Getting glam. Getting glam and all of this stuff. And I feel like the weird thing about sentencing is that technically anything, it's like anything you say and do and post can be used against you. And it definitely seems like this is an example of that. And it doesn't seem like Jen has really made any effort to not do things that could be used against her. Yeah, while um, defending her character and also saying and arguing that The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is a highly edited show that's not really showing the real her. And obviously there's truth to that for anyone who's on The Real Housewives. The problem, though, with this very last minute edition, which to my understanding, and I could be completely wrong, is coming from someone who had not previously contacted the government. So it's literally the first time Mm. the government's been hearing about this. And I would assume that this person was inspired to reach out after seeing the ways that Jen was communicating the fact that some of this is just a bad edit from the Lord above. Like some of this isn't really the real Jen. And you can make that argument. A lot of people or housewives who either don't want to take responsibility or accountability for their behavior on housewives and or just want to pretend that they're Mm -hmm. perfect and great will argue that maybe I said those things, but they're misconstrued. It's a bad edit and this is an entertainment show. And it sounds like what this person is saying and what the government is arguing is... While Jen may say that 
uh, Coach Shaw being away changed her. And the housewives showed a person who doesn't exist. She's really not like that. She performs for TV. This is a direct example of someone saying she is as wild IRL Mm -hmm. as she is on TV, except she was also threatening me and showing up at my house. Yeah. And obviously, like, we've heard hundreds of people who have been on reality TV blame it on the edit. That's Mm -hmm. not a new thing. That's not a novel concept. But in her in her defense of herself and in her sentencing documents, she has really leaned into the idea that this is not just not just, you know, a produced show, but essentially a scripted show that is, you know, very, very staged. And, you know, it's really far from the truth of who they are and what goes on and all of this stuff. And I mean, I feel I feel pretty solid in the idea that I have been around reality TV enough and Mm -hmm. talked to enough people and have enough experience with it that like, I feel like for the most part, I have a pretty good feeling for the amount of massaging that goes into production Mm -hmm. and the amount of, you know, set up kind of stuff that happens. And it does feel like Jen is taking it a step further than the truth of how surprising how these shows are made. (laughs) I can't believe it. Are you saying that what she said happened isn't what's really happening? Yeah. And it's, uh, it's funny on, on this week's episode, it sort of comes back into play when uh, we're hearing from, Angie K, that Jen has reached out to Angie H about kind of making amends with her and her husband after Finstagate. And Lisa's like, yeah, the thing about Jen is that you really never know what you're going to get with her. And she's not a trustworthy person. So then when you think about that and she's telling us she's innocent and we're all just believing her. It's like, how do we actually know? And it's like, wow, Lisa, that's so insightful. How do you actually know? Why do you just believe her? Because, I mean, it seems like to you and to me and to most of the people outside of the situation, there hasn't been a day since Jen Shah got arrested where we were inclined to believe her. I don't remember a single per- Obviously, there's always a couple iconoclasts. But I don't remember really anyone. When Jen was arrested, it was like, what the fuck is happening? But I don't know that anyone was necessarily surprised. Heather included, by the way, who said long ago that she found Jen's business practices to be, quote unquote, unsavory. I It is one of those things where it's like we are the portrayal, the self-portrayal of Jen this season as like this innocent victim of a federal conspiracy I think would be wild to anyone to watch regardless of whether or not she had changed her plea Mm -hmm. because it's unbelievable. It is like actually quite literally unbelievable based on our understanding of who Jen is, that she would be her greatest witness. Mm -hmm. It did make me laugh hearing Angie Kay respond to this SEC filing about Lisa's Lisa and John's situation in the confessional, she's like, there's no way Lisa and John are broke. Would you be driving that car? Would you be living in that house? Would you be wearing those brands? If she's broke, I want to be broke. And it's like, your whole point. It's like you're sitting across <laughs> the table from somebody who's about to go to prison yeah. for profiting off of a business that was um, questionable. Let's unsavory just say. at best. Unsavory at best. Um, we know it was legal. She literally pleaded guilty. It's like, Angie, you're literally <laughs> like, I'm not saying that Lisa is doing what Jen was doing because, you know, that's a whole separate situation that I feel unqualified to comment on. But it's like, yeah, like we've haven't we spent the last two years on this show realizing that things aren't always what what they appear to be. Angie Kay's confessional during this episode of like, better cash that check before the government takes it. I was like, babe, you're not good en- good enough at this to say that. Like, whoever fed you that line, we should have done another take. It was so unnatural for her to say it. And yet they needed someone too. So it had to come from Angie Kay. Right. Like, it was a good line, but coming from her Bad and in the way it was delivered, I'm like, Okay. Yeah. It's, it reminds me of um not to not to bring us down by by mentioning an unsavory person. It reminds me of Cameron Westcott's um tagline one year where she was like, "I have heels that are higher than your <laughs> standards," and it's like that is such a good tagline mm. delivered in the absolute 
least charismatic way. It's tough sometimes. It is. It, it really... I have heels that are higher than okay, your standards. I can't. I really. It's. I, I'm it's so sorry. To, I'm so sorry to no. mention Cameron Westcott. I mean, shout out to Sparkle Dog. Hopefully, those dogs are doing better now. <laughs> Wasn't that a cranberry was like a primary ingredient, which apparently is like super bad for a dog's digestion, but she really wanted them to shit pink. Yeah like, the the Amazon was it worth it? the Amazon reviews are like my dog spent three days throwing up <laughs> and it, and the food was like barely pink yeah wasn't it like a weird well because it's brown so it was like a a shit pink right and also only it was like in Lucky Charms how it, like only every <laughs> maybe every like tenth piece of the food in the oh, bag was, was pink. pink oh it wasn't all pink well I, yeah because I, I think, think that would really be quite terrible for your dog I think. I mean, sorry if my memory of Sparkle Dog has gotten has grown oh foggy. Um, it hasn't been available to purchase for years. Honestly, an iconic business when you think about it, because like who would ever want this? Dallas, for all its quirks and, and bad moments. That's a good merch. Some good. Yeah. Some good unhinged housewife business ventures because Leanne's dress. And remember the when L, Andy L, was like, this is the best thing that anyone has ever thought of? The L Infinity dress. Right. Iconic. Hilarious. Iconic. Sparkle dog. Hilarious. I mean, and then actual quality. Dr. Tiffany's candles are phenomenal and very funny. The candles are good. The candles are solid. The candles are good. I'm trying to think. Did Dallas have any other? Oh, um, I mean, like Deandra. Deandra. Green, green morning. Green miracle. Wake up, wake up in the morning. Hard day, good night. So hard day, good morning. Hard yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. Hard day, good morning. I don't know. You got to get it. with Deandra. <laughs> Her whole her whole storyline hinging on getting it out of the bottle and into the pouch. Oh, my God. And Mama D's like, you're never getting it into that pouch. I want to know how that's doing. Do we know? We don't know. I don't. Well, it's that's a weird one because it was allegedly so successful right. dating back pre Housewives. But then it felt like the whole time she was on the show, it was this like we're not doing grind well. right. of how do we get this business to be in a good place? And it's like, I thought this was like why you're rich. Allegedly. <laughs> it is. You know, it's fascinating when you think of the ways that um, different housewives define both their own success, seemingly financially, and also like professional challenges when they exist in gray areas, like putting aside Dallas, the gen question of it all. I think it's going to make it more difficult for people in the future who may have unsavory business practices that are less hard to define, mm -hmm. to define them in a way that feels light and interesting and informative and doesn't raise question marks. Right. Because when you go the second she got arrested, people were going back and pulling these old clips of yeah. her describing what she does. And it's like, I didn't understand it at the time. And I still don't. But I know that it does doesn't sound real or what is whatever. it called? It's like lead something Le like lead generation yes. um, where you're getting information and then selling it to other companies to use. But the problem is that like these other companies that people were being led to believe existed didn't. Right. Like you're selling the leads to a company that, you know, is fake and that you right. also are in control of. Right. <laughs> Sorry, guys, we just <laughs> we well, did it. But I think it's, that's also it's, it's also interesting talking about the Lisa Barlow situation that when you first come on the show and we're meeting you for the first time and you're like, yeah, we have all these alcohol brands. It's such a huge deal. We're so successful and we are queen of Sundance, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. I don't know about her whole financial picture, but I do know that the show has been on for three years now. I don't I don't know anyone who's ever been able to find Vita Tequila in a store like I what is it sold in New York? I really don't know. I I I know it's sold online, right? I think is that so. illegal? I don't even know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you can buy it online. Yeah, okay. But I, I think it's, it's one of those things where it's like it's when you first meet a housewife, it's like okay, we take it at face value, like you're rich. But then when it's a few years in, there start to be more questions. And I think you know, I, I understand why Lisa's upset that the women in the group are like talking about an SEC filing behind her back. But it is kind of like where how are you making the money? Yeah. And I think it gets into the idea of being a serial entrepreneur when yeah. you're juggling a bunch of different businesses versus like Heather is obviously very successful and her business I think is booming right now. Like I do think that beauty lab is, is flourishing. They have a different yeah. location. She seems to be doing really well. I have questions about Meredith. Like I know obviously Seth is very successful 
you know, Meredith has a law degree. I don't know if she's practiced, but she's obviously highly educated Mm -hmm. and has been a terrific translator for the audience. But like Meredith Marks jewelry, like is that I know that there are pictures of Rihanna wearing a necklace 15 years ago, but like is there an audience for that? Has her jewelry line genuinely been financially successful in such a way that would support the lifestyle we are seeing her live? I I mean, I can't answer that. I have no idea. I agree that it seems like it's, a, again, like when you first come on the show and you have the idea that it's like, I have this celebrity jewelry brand. Look, here's a picture of Rihanna wearing it. Like, that's cool. It's yeah. cool that Rihanna has worn your jewelry. Totally. Like, that is objectively yeah. a cool thing that means that your product has been in whatever circle that is, uh, you know, a stylist is seeing it, a celebrity is seeing it, whatever. You have your brick and mortar store in Park City. That's cool. But it's, yeah, it's like, I don't I don't think you're like raking in cash off of this jewelry. Yeah, it gets into the question of identity. When some of these women join the show, they want to identify themselves and make sure we understand them as successful businesswomen, as um, also sometimes residents of the state that they're filming in, which may or may not be factually correct. And it's interesting to unpack that, noting that when it comes to Salt Lake, we're really only putting a critical lens over Lisa's business and nobody else's, which is fascinating and incredibly disingenuous when Jen is there Mm -hmm. saying, I'm super innocent, I can't say anything else. And everyone else in the cast, until maybe very fairly recently and not really in depth, is like, well, I have a couple questions. Yeah, I don't know. Splash Refreshers are the delicious zero-calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three-beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin in orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We got to talk about Black Eye Gate. Because oh my God, Dylan, Dylan, never has trigger warning. We don't know. <laughs> never has. We don't have an answer. Never has a dead horse felt so unnecessarily beaten than mm. Black Eye Gate. Because Ouch. by okay, so three weeks ago we saw the Black Eye was going to be coming soon. Ooh, exciting! This was in the trailer for the season. We've yeah. been teasing it. Two episodes ago, it was like okay. She's about to get the black eye. Next week, we're going to get the answers. Last episode, immediately, it seems clear we're not getting answers. Heather doesn't want to talk about it. Sometimes it seems like she doesn't remember. Sometimes it seems like she's protecting someone. Sometimes it seems like it's unclear what the motivation is for not saying it. And then by this episode, it really just feels like if you're not going to talk about it, stop talking about it because this isn't fun for us. It doesn't seem fun for you. I don't know. I, I, I'm I curious your thoughts. Do you feel like do you feel like this is a production issue or a Heather issue or both that they're dragging this on? Like, ugh, it's so frustrating. I I think it's a combination, but I do think there is a heavy majority here on Heather for 
making so many chaotic choices that all contradict each other. Mm. And I did this on last week's episode and also last night's where I literally typed as she was saying things. I put them I like had to type it out and save. As you know, it's like a content creator. It's like, what the fuck even happened after you're watching an app? But also because I needed to see what she was saying because it didn't make sense. So there was points where I think the episode kind of started with her saying, we're still unsure what happened. There's theories. And then in a later scene, we're not going to tell them why because they don't deserve to know. Then she paused because they already do. And they want us to say it out loud. And Meredith's just kind of looking befuddled and cuts to her confessional where she tries to push back, even though in real time she was dead fucking quiet. Um, Meredith's confusion was so relatable in that moment because she's like, wait, I'm being included in the set of people who allegedly are supposed to know what happened. Yeah. But it's clear to me that It's like you're trying to do process of elimination, right? Because there's only so many people that are even around in the vicinity. And it seems clear that it seems clear to me Meredith doesn't know. Yeah. It seems clear to me. Or didn't know then. Yeah. Right, right, right. In the context of the show. It seems clear to me Whitney doesn't know. Otherwise, why are we having this whole conversation at Whitney's house at the end of this episode? Mm -hmm. I can't imagine Whitney just like faking that (laughs) Whitney's not an actress like that Mm -mm. it seems clear you know Dana doesn't know a damn thing Lisa obviously (laughs) poor sweet Dana Lisa doesn't know the only people that I could like even theoretically see knowing something and not saying it are like Jen and Angie K but like uh, okay I don't I don't know it's it just is so it's frustrating because there have been other times in Housewives where we want to know something that we're not going to find out, mm-hmm. but it's never been so kind of thrown in our faces that it's like this event has happened. We're going to spend three episodes talking about it, but we're never going to give you any kind of payoff. There's no, it's so unsatisfying. And so like, it just feels like a miscalculation. I think, I think you're right. I think it's a mix of both. I think it's, a miscalculation by Heather of how she's kind of teasing this and beating around the bush. And I don't know if she realized that it would be so frustrating for viewers, but then also I feel like production is kind of leaning into it and it's like, I don't want to be teased if there's not going to be an answer. Yeah. I think it's a complete misdirection attempt at a strategic misdirection by Heather and a total misunderstanding by production of how the audience would feel because it feels like we are being portrayed as a joke, like that the that we are supposed to feel concern for Heather, delight in her joking about it, um, also, you know, give a side eye to people in the cast who she's very loudly inferring are in the middle of this, involved in this, were present for this. And understanding that by the je- seemingly incredibly genuine, shocked looks on their faces and questions that they absolutely don't know. It's the way that she's trying to portray her cast members as complicit in something that she does remember or doesn't and is falling down seven times to try to figure out how she got all these scratches and bruises and stuff. And none of it tracks. And when you said that the only people that you think know are Jen and Angie K, I think it's Jen and Angie H. Um, What did you think about that scene between Heather and Angie H where Angie's like, will you tell me what happened? No, um, I'm really worried for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess I don't really think Angie K is like super involved. I just more because like Angie H wasn't on the trip. So there's no chance that she was... Mm. You know, present. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or looped in. Involved in the incident, I I guess. I hear you. I hear you. Um, I mean, it's weird because Angie H has been so absent for these last few episodes because obviously she wasn't on the trip. That's a separate conversation that I don't particularly care to have. But it is a little bit like we come back from this trip and it's like, oh, right. Okay. We have this. This fucking girl. Okay, she's back. Oh, Heather, she missed Heather so much. Oh, she's so concerned for Heather. And I don't, I don't, I mean, I guess I believe that Heather and Angie Harrington are friends. Like, I guess I believe that that's a real friendship. Absolutely. But I just don't care. Like, I don't, I don't care that much about Angie Harrington 
as a person or her relationships with these women. I think the the Finsta thing and how her husband kind of handled slash didn't handle that was like fascinating in a in a bizarre way. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't I'm not invested in her being besties with the group. And so I'm a little bit just like okay, you're so concerned. You're trying to figure out all of these women are like worried and blah, 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 blah. But I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just like, it's hard for me to have like specific feelings because I'm like, I just don't care. Yeah. I think so much of this season and the season in general is landing like a lead balloon. And to me, the Heather of it all and the way that she has behaved and the way that she was like, friendship shaming Whitney by withholding the information because, you know, if Whitney doesn't want her to be in her inner circle, then Whitney doesn't need to know what happened to her eye. Like you're to blame for not um, being wanting to be my friend. So I don't owe you an explanation is so incredibly problematic when Mm -hmm. we're talking about what looks like a facial injury that could have been caused potentially by another cast member or by a situation that was violent in nature and to dangle that uh, information as something uh, Whitney doesn't as the reward Mm -hmm. that Whitney won't receive because she doesn't want to be friends is so deeply problematic and fucked up and so incredibly manipulative that it's hard to watch this stuff because all I'm thinking is like, what happened to Heather? And is this the real Heather? Like the ways that she is behaving, the confusion that I feel about her, because I think it's like a total 180 from the Heather mm-hmm. that I had so much affection for the last two seasons. I find myself thinking like, okay, is is this the reveal of who Heather is? Or is it a bad edit or just a really terrible series of strategic errors that she's made? Yeah, I think I I agree with you that it's like I understand why she is hurt by Whitney telling other people that they're on a friendship break sure. when this hadn't been necessarily defined to her, defined to her or, you know, they hadn't really had. Yeah, whatever. I understand that. But to yeah, to kind of throw out the like, well. I didn't realize you cared what was happening to me when it's in such a it's like passive aggressive. Yeah, it's like, okay, maybe I don't care, like, you know, to text you on a Tuesday and be like, how's your day going? But like, if you're insinuating that somebody like assaulted you, I still want to make sure you're okay. Like, those are completely different things. And saying that you need a break from talking every day and just kind of like shooting the breeze with someone in a casual way is different than saying like, I don't really care about your like general well-being at all. Yeah. And it's not only insinuating that like you're not going to find out this information and something terrible happened to me, but also you're not going to find out this information. Pause. Because you already know, like it doesn't make yeah. any sense. And it makes me feel, I hate the fucking word gaslit because I feel like it's been overused a thousand times. And yet, how are we supposed to feel about this? Well, right. And I think because we don't have an answer, any sort of answer about what actually happened, when Heather is kind of adding these weird layers onto it of, I'm not going to tell you you don't deserve to know, but also maybe you already know or somebody already knows or uh, maybe I don't remember. It's because we if we knew the answer, maybe we could understand if there was some kind of strategy going on in Heather's brain. But because we don't have any kind of way in as the audience, it just feels like we're watching a weird, you know, ineffective conversation that's just going to make everybody unhappy. It feels like Heather is conflating potentially being the victim of some sort of incident with being the victim of their friendship. Mm -hmm. And those two just don't meet. And it's like the equalizing of it, noting that we have literally no idea what happened to her eye. And it absolutely could have been an accident. It's like no matter how you think of these things, none of it tracks, which Yeah. At this point, I honestly... That's what I want to know what you think. My best guess is that it was some kind of accident. Because when I think about other incidents that have happened in the past, if there was really 
like one cast member attacking another cast member or something of that nature. How would Bravo justify not doing anything about it? Like thinking of thinking specifically, my mind will always go back to that season of Potomac when Monique and Candace Mm. happened and all of the hand wringing about not condoning violence and all of this stuff. And it was such a conversation. And it's like, if somebody if the powers that be had information that let's just say, Jen, I don't know anything, whatever, had like punched Heather in the face and given her a black eye, wouldn't there be some responsibility to discipline Jen or comment on that or offer Heather like support in that? You know, like that is kind of the biggest question mark to me that it's like, if this were the type of, violent situation between cast members that is sort of being teased. I don't literally, literally and figuratively. Teased. I, I don't think we would be able to just move on and not actually address that. Or at least I don't think Bravo would be able to. Yeah. And it's the wink for lack of a better term from Heather of, I just want to move on, but not quite yet. I just want to move on. But as I'm moving on, I just want to drop some pearls for the audience and the rest of my cast to consider Mm -hmm. about what may or may not have taken place. And from an HR liability perspective, I don't see production showing up, seeing Heather look the way she did and being like, cameras up, ready, ready to go, which is why the producer in her confessional asking her what happened. Why won't you tell us what happened? I'm like, again, from a, the place of being disingenuous, are you telling me that this, that her producer really truly doesn't know what happened? Are we supposed to believe that that means that nobody knows on the part of the network or Bravo? And also PS judging by Whitney's responses on watch what happens live. I don't know that we're ever going to get an answer to that. No, I actually don't think we're going to get an answer. Certainly not the answer that we expect in something being clearly stated because I think Heather's slightly fucked. I really do. I don't think there's a way out of this for her if she's honest about what took place, because Mm -hmm. there are so many questions about her reactions to this. Right. It's like, the the initial incident of it isn't even necessarily the biggest question mark at this point. Obviously, it's like, yeah, it would be nice to know what happened. But whatever happened, then there are going to be more questions about how you handled it in the, you know, in the days afterward. And again, like like you were saying, the idea that her producers would just have no idea what happened when they're on these trips. I mean, the whole time they're filming the season, but especially when they're on these trips, they are talking to their personal producers constantly. You know, there's no world in which, uh, from my understanding of how these shows are made, there's no world in which Heather would wake up and be texting Jen and having these group conversations and not also having spoken to her producer probably before any of those conversations in the morning. So it's, it's weird to act like production is just this, like, outside thing where they're like, what did happen? Also, it's not like these filming moments, regardless of whether or not you're on a trip, happen the way we watched MTV Cribs. It's not like someone, the doors open to Heather's room, there's a camera crew there, and she's like, welcome in, and that's exactly what takes place. People show up in the morning, I'm sure there's some sort of text exchange of like what happened last night, keeping people in the loop. You get mic'd up. You get mic'd up, you're talking about the schedule and the day. You cannot tell me that this woman had her sunglasses on the entire time and nobody noticed, and then she revealed it on camera and they didn't say cut and for a franchise in a universe that will use the fourth wall uh, breaking the fourth wall especially when it helps with big moments mm-hmm. a la I need to talk to Eric on Potomac which I thought was used very effectively yeah. in that episode and also just in general in the storyline the through line of the season you cannot tell me that there wasn't some sort of conversation with Heather, which again makes me feel very uncomfortable about what they are choosing to include. Yeah. And I, I mean, thinking about um, 
with Potomac, again, going back to the Monique and Candace situation that happened, thinking in that situation when they were basically chasing Monique around the property, you know, like that whole kind of thing, like breaking the fourth wall in that way can really illustrate when something has gotten too big for the confines of the show of what this is supposed to be. And that Eric moment too, Candace had basically just like, you know, pulled the ripcord and was like, no, 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 this is not, this is not what it's supposed to be. And I think thinking of what happened with Heather in San Diego, it's like, it almost seems like that should have been one of those, those moments where it's like, you take off the glasses and it's like, wait, 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 this is, this is bigger than girls trip to San Diego. This is what's happening in, in real life right now. Yeah. I needed Meredith to talk to Eric. I needed one of the camera people to ask, to talk to Eric, to demand to talk to Eric because it's, like on, um, it's fucked. It's like, I don't know if you've ever gotten into watching Survivor. Oh my God, I love Survivor. I haven't, I'm super behind on this. No, 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 season. not. it's not a current thing. But you know, like when somebody gets like injured or something and oh. and they're like, we got to get the um, emergency crew. And like all of a sudden it's like, no, 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 something real is happening. We're like not all just these like, people that we hadn't seen ever yeah, before. It's like, I mean, <laughs> obviously not like a, that's not good when it happens on Survivor, no. but it's like we needed the like Survivor helicopter to come get Heather. Yeah. And we needed Jeff Probst to go from being like the host of this competition. Let's get it started to like, there's a problem to here. Like, I'm project managing time like, out. Put it out. Put it on pause. We're going to make sure everyone's OK. And then we can like get back into it. And like, I guess there is theoretically a chance that that happened and they decided not to show it, but I can't really imagine that. But how does that work then when the structure and setup of the reunion is to unpack, maybe have some surprise reveals Mm. of things that happened, but really respond to what took place during the season? How are we being expected to give a single fuck about anything else, but at least, at the very least, getting clarity on what occurred when there was a decision to utilize this as the spoiler at the end of the season trailer as the hugest part, aside from ongoing stuff with Jen, of the second half of the season. If we can't get clarity, if Andy can't deliver that answer to us, and maybe that's happening because he knows what the answer is and it's just not going to satiate a lot of very concerned audience members mm-hmm. who are very upset that we still don't know. Like, what does that even say about the construct of Salt Lake City? Yeah, next week is the season finale. And then there's a two-week break, right? I'm not sure, but I'm I am I was starting to think about the reunion as I was watching this episode. Mm-hmm. Obviously, obviously what happened to Heather is a big question mark that I think everyone is hoping, praying for some kind of some kind of resolution, clarity, answers on the reunion, whether or not that seems likely. I'm also wondering after that final scene in the episode of Heather and Whitney really seeming like they are at an impasse and just being like, okay, we're going to take, we're, we're just going to give each other space for now. Is this a reunion that we're going to see kind of like a coming back together for them? Or is it something that is broken beyond that? Because we know from what we've heard, from what has been teased, we know that they fought the whole time on Ultimate Girls Trip that they filmed after this season of Salt Lake. Mm. We know they were at each other's throats at BravoCon. It, it doesn't seem like there has been kind of a softening as we've maybe had some time apart. And so I, as much as I would like to think that maybe this reunion is going to have a really, um, you know, nice moment of them kind of putting the bullshit aside and moving forward. And I think that would be, um, you know, a po- a nice healing moment. I'm like, I... I'm not getting my hopes up. Also, that makes me so sad for Girls Trip because Girls Trip has been such a safe space for so many of us to like delight in what these episodes and what these like medley of, I mean, a la Dorinda, what this like medley of casting has Mm -hmm. brought. And to be reminded of the I thing and just reminded of like the general state of affairs with Heather and Whitney to me is like, so depressing and also exhausting and I just feel defeated by all of it and I just don't know that I I am so deeply not invested in their friendship I'm just trying to get out of here with my hands clean at this point so like to think that that's going to be the focus of girls trip it is such a good cast it is interesting to think the first couple seasons of girls trip we've had 
there it's not like there's been no drama related to anything that has happened on a housewives franchise but there hasn't been any kind of continuation of drama coming straight off of the main show like that and so you know we've you know it's like okay jill and dorinda have their whatever that's happening taylor and brandy are talking about something that happened on beverly hills 10 years ago Mm. but we've had we haven't had just like you and i fought during filming of salt lake and now we're going to come on this show together and we're still mad at each other about this thing that has not had time to dissipate Mm -hmm. and so i you know i hope the, the rest of the women in the group can uh you know, offer enough other Marisol get in there with those cockies. And oh my God. I can't wait for Marisol. And do your worst. Honestly, I like, they are Miami is giving me everything I've ever needed in my entire life. I'm just so sad about Salt Lake. I just feel like dirty watching it and grossed out. And I can't believe that some of that doesn't involve Jen in this, in terms of what we're actually seeing take place. It's just yeah. is such a downer. I don't want to feel this well dirty watching it. i don't know i'm uh, my one hope which i don't know if this is realistic um is that maybe because they knew the reunion would be airing after the sentencing that they felt like they could speak a little more freely but i that's what everyone's hoping i we'll see we'll we'll see to be continued hashtag gentencing <laughs> <laughs> literally th- what you've done so many genius branding <laughs> moments. You know, I'm obsessed with your social, both your personal and pro. And I just think gentensing is one of the funniest things that I have heard of recent. And I will absolutely be referencing that repeatedly ad nauseum on social IRL. It's so funny. Amazing. Thank you. And thank you for thank you for coming. Uh, first guest in the studio of 2023. Mm. We're we're um, you know kicking. Christmas. I was going to say christening, but I'm like, are we we not like naming anything? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know about christening. That's a, that's triggering as a housewives fan. I'm into it. Well, remind everyone you have your show tonight. Where can they uh, buy tickets? Tickets are available and you can also get replay tickets. So if you're not able to join us live, you get up to a week to watch and they're 15 bucks available at moment.co slash Andy's girls, moment.co slash Andy's girls. I'll be joined by Emily D. Baker and Ryan Bailey for AG Live. Um, And I'm so excited to do an online show because I feel like all of the AGs all over the place get to participate, which is really exciting. And you can listen to episodes of Andy's Girls wherever you listen to episodes of your favorite podcast, like Mention It All. It's a pod all about the psychology behind The Real Housewives. And I'm on social on IG at Dame Galley. Amazing. Thank you, Sarah. Always a pleasure. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Kicking off the New Year strong. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen so you never miss an episode. We have some exciting things in the works coming up in 2023, so you won't want to miss it. Uh, make sure you're following us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. You can follow me at Dylan Hafer. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.